I can see you out there, Kelly. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olson, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. No, we wouldn't lie to you. Kellen Olson is here. He's in the studio. He joins us right now. It's Wolf and Luke, Kevin Ray in for Wolf. Kellen, now you were out there when we were doing show prep this morning. Mm-hmm. I like to think you got here four hours early for this interview. <laughs> is that true? I'm just pulling off the trifecta today. I was on Bickley Marotta four hours ago. I'm going to be on Birds and Gambo at 3.30. Stay tuned. Nice. Take three. You want to hear me say the same stuff three different times? <laughs> All right. We're going to Stay tuned. We're going to have to ask Kellen about something. Just the first word that pops into your head. <laughs> I tell you, I found one of the donuts out there, mm-hmm. and, and nobody wanted it because it was like, oh, it's You eating donut. random food around here? No way. So unlike of? you. Okay, it paid off finally, right? Yeah. Nobody wanted it. It was the last donut. And they're like, oh, it might be lemon-filled, yeah. it might be raz- Nutella-filled. Okay, Ray, you're seeing him at a healthy time. He used to do the rundown at 6 p.m., like, <laughs> and he would have his dinner be like a Nutri-Grain bar and like some half donut from like three days ago. Yeah, or Jared Carlin <laughs> would run the show, and he would be like, hey, let's go get food like before the show. And right. I'm like, okay, well, we can't both leave, you fool. Like The show starts at 6. So he would order it at like way too late. We'd talk about it for 45 minutes, and he would sprint back in at 5.59 with the food that I then couldn't eat for two hours. I, I, I will say, I always laugh when I'm listening because I'll hear, you know, the remark from time to time about Luke and, and the food questions <laughs> and food issues. And I think to myself, how long has he been doing this show now? <laughs> I would think I would plan better. But I don't. And we did this week, you know. But it, oh. was, it was priceless to witness, like, kind of the I'm really hungry and the consternation on his face. Like, I want to bite into this, but there's a part of me that goes, I don't want a jelly-filled donut. That's just a mistake. <laughs> it's the reason it's the last one. But then when I saw him, like, he was like... Wow. I didn't know they made Nutella donuts. Our best showing is when a couple weeks ago we ate pizza in between breaks from like 1230 to 2 and like the crash came as we were leaving. Like, yeah. I'm sure you took a nap right when I did too. Yeah. <laughs> or then we had the lobster rolls for the Christmas party. Yeah, oh, and everybody gosh. fell asleep in the one o'clock hour. All right. See, they're not going to ask you about that on Burns and Gambo and that's why we went down that path. Hey. Uh, as far as the Phoenix Suns, you got Memphis tomorrow. You got Denver on Christmas Day. So right out of the, the, the gate here, that's um, that's the two top teams in the Western Conference right now. What? What do you what do you look for at this point in the regular season when it feels like it is a different Suns team every couple nights with who's actually playing? Just for them specifically or with those matches? Well, just specifically with the Suns. Like, how do you evaluate this team when one night Devin Booker's not in, the next night, and Cam Johnson hasn't been in, and it just feels like not only are they rotating players, but the teams they're playing are rotating players? Yeah, well, I think it's what everyone else besides Devin Booker is doing on the offense right now, and that specifically ties to Chris Paul and just how he looks night in and night out. I wrote in a recap a, a couple games ago that he has now become the most important storyline on the team by far, just watching him game to game. So, for example, before the second game of the back-to-back against Washington the two games prior like he started to look like himself a bit and and that was very uh, good to see for for obvious reasons but then against Washington it it looked like the second game of the back-to-back really caught up to him and just seeing how his um not not his feel but just his ability to get to his spots create separation the way that he looks on the movements we're used to seeing him make how that looks but then also they've had games most recently against Washington their last game in fact where they've run a lot of the offense through DeAndre and Mikel Bridges how does that look how consistent is it It, the consistency isn't where it needs to be but we're in December so you hope by April and May which is what uh, Monty Williams said back in training camp you hope by April and May that that stuff is is more sorted out because that's where the team's direction is right now but of course the cloud looming all 
uh, over all of this is the trade with Jay Crowder and how that could potentially impact that sort of need right now for those three guys specifically to step up offensively because I think a lot of people assume they're going to make a deal for someone who is going to uh, figure into that rotation offensively pretty prominently. Yeah, it's... uh... It's interesting because I know I, I was listening on the drive-in where you talk with uh, with Big and Murata about Chris and the, the dilemma with Chris. And EJ has said it a couple times. Like, clearly without – it's a very short training camp. And when you look at Chris's absence with the 14 games, he's still kind of like ramping himself up. But he's also a guy that doesn't want to sit. You know, he, he doesn't want to buy into the load management and, and the resting. And if you're Monty Williams, you've got to weigh that. But then the the injury issues with the other guys play a direct role in even being able to do that. And look, there's no guarantee that all of a sudden, okay, it's 2023. Everybody's healthy the rest of the way. <laughs> no. Yeah, when, when Devin Booker's out, we know who needs to step up the most, and it's Chris. And, and it was for those first two years here. It just was. And his inability to do that this year has really hurt them in the limited time we've seen Booker miss time. So it, that's where they really need him during this injury stretch more than anything else. But then also for his own sake, you just wonder from a rhythm standpoint where he's at. And, and I think that injuries on this team like they're going to happen for any team of course but injuries happening to him more specifically we're eager of course to see the injury report coming this afternoon to see if he's listed on it he had the right shoulder thing pop up again against Washington it looked like he said after the game he, he was scared more than anything else but we've heard Chris Paul say he's fine I could have played before and then miss a month that that just happened last month in fact so <laughs> we'll we'll see on that front in terms of when he pops up there but I think he's the guy more than anyone else on the team that needs to avoid injury and that's where I where I side with you K Ray and kind of saying he's the guy that doesn't want to miss any games but at the same time we need you to stay healthy through the course of the regular season so you can find the rhythm because the on off switch right now hasn't been as easy as it once was for him in the past yeah and and we don't have any real clear timetable and not that we've gotten a specific timetable from uh, any of the previous injuries but no real clear timetable on the return of campaign no uh which which factors into all that and with a a grueling road trip coming up exactly so if chris misses any time they're they're in they're in huge trouble because cam has been so good as a starter specifically the last two years where they would be in trouble he's he's in a boot i've seen him walking around in a boot lately right. so i think that's gonna it's gonna be a while for that him would suggest now. i that's, mean let's say we from today can, can you, you you're tell suggesting me at least a week Exactly. That's like the lightest we can go because yeah. I, I think people, I, I can post a picture of him in a boot and people be like, great, he's out for three months. And it's like, no, well, no, we don't know. But we know that it's it's serious in that regard. And he's probably going to miss a little bit of time. So, yeah, I would guess that he's not back until at least the start of the new year. Yeah. And, and when you look at in using Chris's injury as an example as well, the one thing that James and Monty have, have always both, you know, gone by, which is they don't want guys coming back and playing. 60 or 70 percent of their like minutes it's like yeah. no when you come back you're going to be gonna ready play. to play so if you factor that in seven days so then trying to get trying to get any kind of conditioning while you're on that long road trip so yeah happy 2023 <laughs> maybe it was a cowboy boot can you tell us it was a cowboy boot so <laughs> i always bring better. positivity to the show oh, well, here, That's before, what I do. before i blow up the clock completely i do want to ask you this though because with Shamit going off in that last game in Kellen Olsen's mind, who is the guy on the bench right now that has the most upside on this team? Is it Shamit? 
Oh yeah, it's always him. Yeah, okay. because when when they signed him before he even played for this team, the idea and and it was a logical one that he's like the perfect guard to play with either of those guys, Paul or Booker, because he. Despite what his numbers have been here, where he's been a fairly average shooter, he was an elite shooter. I looked up the numbers coming into his time in Phoenix, and if you just looked at the guys who had as many three-point attempts as he did over that course of time, I think his first four years, he he was a guy who was shooting like one of the top 15 numbers in the league from a percentage standpoint, an elite shooter in the league. And then you factor that in with the on-ball stuff that he wasn't able to show in other places, but Monty Williams alluded to with his time in college. And we've seen more of it this year than we have at any other point in his career. It's a guy that makes perfect sense offensively. And then defensively, we heard like mixed bag kind of carry for the right. most part coming in. And he's been great. He's, he's been one of the best defenders on the team. Terrific defender. Yeah. And, and he's he's been a terrific on-ball defender. And now another season in, he's He's become a great communicator and a guy that fights. And that's what I said yesterday and today, both like if that's the version we've all been waiting for of Landry Shaman, and you know this as well as I do, and EJ and I have talked about it, um, Landry has been his own worst enemy. It's like yes. it, it is what is between his ears and the limitations for whatever reason that he tends to put on himself in games even like the other night, he had hit six threes and like, dude, you are the offense right now. You're the reason why we're coming back. And then he passed up a couple of different looks. Mm-hmm. And I, as I told Luke, I was like, that's not limitations being put on by Monty or his teammates. They're looking at him like, shoot, shoot the more. ball. Yeah, from from <laughs> hyper, passing it to you. From really hyper focusing on the NBA the last eight to nine years and the way that I have, I think the number one skill that a guy can have and I know when I say confidence people think of J.R. Smith and Jordan Clarkson shooting from 40 feet and taking <laughs> terrible shots like we Kuzma's a fantastic player and I think he's a great fit for the Suns but you saw in that game like he takes bad shots but he's a confident guy who's going to take those shots and the worst case is you have a guy like Landry where I remember the first time Monty said we're telling him like everyone tells him shoot more and in my head I was like red flag like that that's not good the guy who is out there to shoot needs to shoot without thinking about it at all. And that's the number one thing for him. Once he finds that confidence, can he get there? But we're now, I think, 80, 90 games into his son's tenure so far, and you just start to wonder when it's maybe time to move on. The trade deadline's coming up. He has a mid-level contract right now that is very friendly in terms of the guarantees on it in the next two years where the team trading for him could get off it earlier if they wanted to. But if you keep him here and the experiment works out, you've got, like I said, the perfect third guard. But like you said, k just in, in between the ears. That, that's all he needs to figure out and once he does, he's a terrific player off the bench. Terrific. We got to have you back on at some point, or maybe I'll just call into Burns and Gambo because I want to ask you about Kyle Kuzma. But we we are out of time now. Thank he's you, good. Colin. Trade for him. Yes. Give up your draft picks. <laughs> there you go.